0: Hi, this is Scott Thompson. Welcome to the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Feel free to subscribe. Coming up on today's show, Sewage Gate. How did the gate get left open and why was it kept secret for so long? Burlington is not happy. Hamilton loves its tie cats, even after a loss. And isn't it right that Quebec pretends to be environmentalists yet is yelling and screaming Because the trains aren't running to deliver their propane. It sounds like they need a pipeline and an energy corridor. It's all coming up on the Scott Thompson Show podcast. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Uh, Let's bring in Marianne Mead-Ward, Mayor, City of Burlington, and with us now. Uh, Marianne, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated.
1: You're very welcome. very important story. So
0: when did you first hear about this issue? When were you first aware there was a problem?
1: A couple of days ago, reading your, the articles in the media.
0: And up until that point, nothing mentioned to this whatsoever. You sound uh, obviously upset that this is that was the first you'd heard of this.
1: Well, there should be uh, mandatory reporting publicly, but also certainly to your partners. This is a shared watercourse course. This, uh, you know, it's part of Aldershot, Uh, it's the watershed of Conservation Halton, Halton Region does uh, monitoring there, we have the Royal Botanical Gardens, which is shared with Hamilton, you know, we want to be good neighbours, and good neighbours talk to each other when there's a problem.
0: So have you talked to any officials in Hamilton regarding this?
1: We are setting up calls uh, as we speak. We're, we're trying to get as much information as we can uh, about this. Our staff will bring a briefing to our council. We've asked for a briefing at Conservation Halton. I'll be in touch with Halton Region later today. There's a lot more uh, that we don't know, and we'll be looking for some answers as well.
0: How does this affect Burlington? Obviously, uh, a boundary between Hamilton and Burlington. You talked about the RBG. What are your concerns?
1: Well, the water quality, this is a public uh, safety, health and safety issue. It's also something that because it's been uh, kept from the public as well as uh, area municipalities and partners, it's, it erodes trust and we're going to have to work to, to rebuild that. There, there should be mandatory uh, requirement by the province for public reporting of any land, air, or water contamination uh, anywhere in the province, but particularly when you have shared borders like we do with Hamilton uh, in, in this situation. So, so that's that's a starter, and we're going to be working on that. But surely, as neighbors, we can uh, we can agree and commit to sharing that information and working together. The, there is water contamination, and it's happened at an astonishing, mind boggling scale. The the cleanup efforts are going to be massive. Um, and you know burlington's already you know always been been ready to do our part we did it with randall reef committing to two million dollars to help clean that up even though we didn't cause it so we have always been willing partners to look after our watershed and and make sure there's clean water for all of our residents that's in the public interest so we're ready to do our part you know whatever whatever that looks like um but you know i think the bottom line is this is this is a serious public health issue and uh it exposes some failures of the system why wasn't it detected why weren't why wasn't there automatic uh reporting uh with the monitoring that did Uh, take place? I know the water is monitored. Why didn't that uh, cause an investigation sooner than the four years this in the bud? There are many unanswered questions here uh, in terms of the system that we have to look into.
0: What have you heard officially as to what may or may not have happened here? Are you getting the majority of your information through the media? Has there been any sort of explanation to you as mayor as to what happened?
1: We've received nothing official. We will be asking for that. And and certainly we want that information to be publicly available as well. The public have a right to know.
0: Uh, Does this make us all look at our own systems? Are you concerned about everything that's feeding into the Great Lakes systems?
1: Well, we do have uh, we do have water quality monitoring in uh, in Burlington. Halton Region does that for us. Conservation Halton does it in the watershed, which we of course share with Hamilton. And so we do regularly get those uh, those monitoring uh, water quality tests on our beaches and our, our waterways, uh, and we can issue advisories to the public. What uh, I think is an outstanding question in this case is that clearly. There were some early uh, warning signals based on on what we've read in the documents that there were some uh, high readings, and so the question is, you know, what? Why didn't that trigger uh, an early um, investigation that would have potentially identified the open gate earlier in the process? Would these... I, think, I think it's a fair question for us to know so that you know this should never happen again. We need to learn from this and make every change that we can to ensure this never does happen again.
0: Wouldn't these systems be consistent from municipality to municipality as far as wastewater and sewage and, su- and such going into the Great Lakes?
1: Well, I, you know, that's another that's another uh, question that we need to get to the bottom of. We need to get the answer to that. And... Um, and and I think the monitoring piece is the key. You can have the regulations, but if you're not monitoring it, and taking appropriate action on the basis of that and letting the public know. Uh,
0: I guess my you know, question, I guess my question here is Marianne, is is that you know obviously every municipality, every city's got to do this. any idea, and this is tricky speculation at this point, any idea how this could have happened, how something could have accidentally been left open if that is the case?
1: Well, that's what we have to get to the bottom of. I mean that that is that is the question: How could this have happened? Uh, not just how could it have happened, leaving a gate open, but how could it have gone undetected for four years, uh, leading to the massive spill that that we you know now apparently find ourselves with. So so that is the question. You know, there it it seems that whatever sort of fail safe points were along the way didn't keep us safe, and they failed.
0: How concerned, disturbed are you? That's one problem. The other problem is it appears that it was kept secret.
1: Well, the the biggest problem, of course, uh, and what's most disturbing is the impact on uh, on the public and our ecology in this area and our potential water quality. Some of that water uh, obviously goes to Hamilton residents. Some of it goes to Burlington residents. That's the biggest issue. The the other issues are, uh, you know, what failed in the system and why wasn't there a notification? Those are, those are very key questions. Uh, as we try to make sure that something like this never happens again,
0: uh, it appears this was initially, uh, this concern initially started with residents and people in and around the area that started to notice that something was going wrong, something was awry. Things, you know, I guess every spring there's issues that we always be concerned about, but something was abnormal. Uh, are you surprised it took four years for this to sort of come to the surface, even with citizens noticing?
1: Well, clearly something something failed uh, a- along the way. Uh, you know, the fail-safe failed, <laughs> and uh, residents noticed. Uh, there were, you know, based on the reports that we're seeing in the media, Royal Botanical Gardens um, noticed some, some concerning readings. Uh, we don't yet know what, um, you know, the MOE saw or the region. These are outstanding questions, but you know, clearly there were opportunities uh, that something wasn't quite right. And so the question we all need, need to ask ourselves is, um, you know, what, uh, what, are, what are the trigger points to do a deep investigation? You know, what, what did people know, when did they know it, and what did they do about it uh, at the time? And those are still un- unanswered questions.
0: Uh, will this lead to more discussion in and around infrastructure and how, uh, if we have the capacity for this sort of thing, uh, do we have the capacity for uh, these sorts of runoffs and and how it is managed?
1: Well, clearly that is part of the equation. Um, in In Burlington, we have separated our rainwater and our sewer so that they're you know the sewer goes straight to our water treatment plant and the holding tank there Uh, i know hamilton has some older infrastructure and so there's combined sewer and rain uh and an overflow tank um you know it's a legitimate uh question to be asked in terms of of you know what what are the next steps in 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 managing Uh, managing our water system. Our water is our most precious resource. We can't live without it and we can't contaminate it.
0: When do you hope to know more? Uh, You're talking about uh, meetings, you're you're in the stages of planning meetings with officials in Hamilton and such. When do you hope to know more and and tell citizens more?
1: As soon as I know you're gonna know. (laughs) So Uh, You know, this this is an ongoing conversation. I think this is going to take some time to unravel, to get answers to all of the questions that that we have and I know that residents have, to get some uh, assurance that we know what happened and why and and then we know how to make sure that this will never happen again. That is going to take some time. Uh, But this is is a priority uh, focus for us right now. Uh, and I know it is for, um, for the residents in Hamilton and, and the officials in Hamilton as well.
0: Any idea what this will, uh, what's involved in cleaning this up? Uh, obviously, the problem has been discovered. Uh, w- any idea as to our estimated costs or anything or, or how much effort is going to be needed in order to reverse this?
1: Well, the, you know, 24 billion litres, how do you even begin yeah. to address an issue like that? It is of a Randall Reef scale, and we know what that costs. that that was, that required federal, uh, municipal, regional contributions. And again, you know, Burlington financially contributed to that because we recognize this is a shared water uh, resource. So, you know, this is of that scale. This is this is huge.
2: Marianne
0: Mead-Ward has been with us, Mayor for the City of Burlington. Marianne, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right. uh, Speaking of uh, Hamilton and the city, uh, everybody hanging their head a little low today uh, because uh, what was supposed to have been uh, didn't happen last night. Ty Cats lost yesterday, obviously, to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh their drought has ended so happy campers uh in the peg however uh in the hammer today it's a different story let's bring in scott radley host of the scott radley show you hear him every weeknight right here on chml and of course sports columnist for your hamilton spectator scott how are you today i'm okay how are you doing Now, wait a sec. Let's, I better, I better let's dissect that. I'm okay. I don't know what the hell is wrong with everybody else, but I'm totally fine with all of this.
3: I put it this way. I'm better than the callers who called in to Rick Zamper on the fifth, fifth quarter last yeah. night, exactly. who sounded like we may have needed some counselors to uh, you know, d- to put them on hold and just let someone talk them down off the edge. Yeah. It was, uh, As if there
0: was some sort of uh, natural disaster of some sort.
3: It it, they, it was rough. I mean, look, I I, I tweeted out. Rick does the best post game show of anybody in Canada with the fifth quarter. Uh, Rick was Rick was basically being like Fraser Crane yesterday. You know, I'm listening. Just you know, talk it through, <laughs> get
0: it off your chest. Yeah.
3: It was it was it, it required a little bit of that for people. And the reason is, I think there's a bunch of reasons. I mean, look, there's no if, if your team gets to the championship and you've waited forever to win. This isn't like the New England Patriots where it's like we lost this year. Oh well, we'll win next year. It's been 20 years, and it's one thing to lose a game, and it doesn't make it painless. It makes it very painful if you lose it on like a last-second field goal or something, and you go, oh, crap. Except it's another thing when the team that has been the best team in the league all year and is not the overwhelming favorite but is the strong favorite and has every reason to be so and should win this game doesn't even show up. I mean, they—they. They, this is what is driving people nuts, I think, today and yesterday, is that they did not even show up. And all the people who had bought in, and invested their emotional capital into this. And said, All right, uh, this speaking of year, uh, Hamilton and the, year year in the city, Hamilton uh, everybody hanging their head a little low a
0: today or, uh, uh, because uh, what was supposed years, to have been uh, didn't Harrow happen Harrow last night. Cats lost yesterday, obviously, to the Winnipeg Blue it was Bombers. Like giant uh, their drought That's has what it ended, so happy campers in the peg. However, in the hammer today, it's a different story. Let's bring in Scott Radley, host of the Scott Radley Show. You hear him every weeknight right here on CHML and, of course, Sports Column. Um, Hamilton know, uh, uh, Scott, how are you, are you today? Watching this, uh, I'm this okay. coverage all day doing? yesterday. He's a massive Tycat fan. <laughs> now, wait a second. Let's, um, let's dissect that. Was, there was a I'm okay. A lot, I don't know what the hell is, is wrong with everybody else, but I'm totally fine with all of this. The adversity they'd overcome,
3: the town, what have you, the fifth quarter Just from even watching a lot of it, I got the feeling that, wow, certainly momentum is on their side
0: in the sense that totally uh, they will come some great adversity to uh, yeah, as if there was yeah, some sort of a Natural video disaster video of, of some sort Which of course it, 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 it we all know It was rough I mean look I, 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 I tweeted out uh, uh, Rick does that But you could Canada just sort of Feel Ford. the momentum uh, building Rick, was, building Rick that, you know, being Like Fraser it, Crane it, And we yesterday. all know Playoff oh, games I'm are with, about Where your head is at
3: get it off your helmet
0: right? And you just didn't see that On the Hamilton side You just saw a very There's a bunch of reasons I mean championship And And I don't know Maybe was it overconfident Believing on like headlines and not oh, well, we'll getting into it, because clearly it was a very emotional game. And it's one thing to lose a game. Yeah,
3: I, I don't know. I, and it doesn't make how it how painless; it we, makes it very painful. I don't know if you lose it on, lose so it on well like a last-minute field goal I, I, or something. And you how go how go could and you be though? I mean, you're except, you're, except at, at this, this point, when the team hasn't won in 20 years. I know they were 29 years. Your team hasn't won in 20 years. Not the issue have place this year, but they are a very good team. They have every reason to be out of the West, and is way more difficult. Do that come out of the even like show up. No I mean, they, they, the they, this is what is driving way, people nuts. That I can get today to a championship and game and think that, is that oh, they we did we not this. even don't have to try. We have to show up. And, and all is, the people I don't, who have I can't believe that that would be the case. Because because I don't think their emotional the capital, capital of this it is said, finally this is our year. We do not have season. This isn't the year Hamilton wins. I don't know what the rewind was. I think up or an OHL championship. I mean, part of it, this happens at Tales and Is when the ball starts to roll down the hill. It like it was like a it giant difficult to stop yeah. the giant nothing. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So the when, nothing, when there, was there was nothing turnovers there, so when that yeah. old yeah. one yeah. for two game, possessions, yeah. did you think? Oh, um, here we go. They're going to win. It gets tough now. It, they that said, from the third place, I pointed play out game, on Twitter yeah, last yeah, night in yeah, the game. Yeah. That was a um, carbon cost. Interesting. My son and I were watching this, and the will all day yesterday. He's had massive Tiger
0: fan. And um, fell behind by a little bit. What we noticed the was respectful. there was a, a lot, lot on the storyline. And then Winnipeg. all of a sudden, a the
3: master woke there. up and ended up coming alive uh, you know, in the university. I mean, they the overcome uh,
0: never uh, came alive. Uh, town, like, I thought, what have you? Okay, and you it, just, just from even watching a lot of period, that, I got the feeling that wow, with the interception the, and then the and momentum is lost or something. In the sense that they overcome some great adversity to get to where they are. You know what? This which, of course, we all have drawn up a start if we had mapped out how to. be Story. and we're all down one but you could just touchdown. sort of feel the momentum building a massive ball and yeah. it, it, we all exactly know, playoff games and are, are about that where your head been. is at. It's what's inside That'd the helmet, be, But it just right? kept getting worse. And it, and, and and it was and odd when they that did get on the Hamilton their first side. touchdown. You just saw uh, that they went for the two-point uh, conversion um, so early. Stern, sort of that was the And, uh, and, and, and I like, don't know, maybe was it overconfident, believing their own headlines and not getting into it? Because clearly it was a very emotional game Why anything fancy? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Because, again, once that was defeated, again, momentum shifts. Well, there just wasn't what could you be, though? I mean, right at, at this point... Your you saw Luke
3: has drawn in 20 years. Fall. I know they were 29. Never happened. But your saw was in, uh, in, yes, you in the years. place this year. They, they are, are a very good to in the Mike Jones, Jones game. They, the they came out of the West, west which is way, is way more difficult, difficult to, to do. To Down and out of the ball. Ball. I mean, like there is Brandon Banks get hurt. You saw all kinds of happening. But like you said, even you know, I mean, we saw the intensity
0: that Winnipeg came out with, and obviously the way their defense played. I Did Hamilton underestimate that again? I, th- that just seems like some are better and prepared not than the others. It just fortitude. seemed they were more I don't know what intense. the reason was. I think, well, I, I, I don't know if it was I
3: um, mean, uh, part activated. of it, and uh, I'll say this, is when the ball that starts to roll down the half hill, football it of football are it are stop the momentum. Because okay. yeah. so when yeah. you, you, in so you hockey and other sports, you're going to the, the dressing room, it's not so much about resetting your strategy resetting a lot of things. Football, you will see halftime adjustments. Because you've now got a chance to, okay, they're going to do this, so we're going to talk for by what doing McMaster faced in the eight companies. I didn't see Western. much they had three adjustments in the halftime it fell Helps behind by a little, bit. but kept the score. ready be better I mean, the, the one thing they did, they started getting game. Then all of a sudden, the, the ball, ball master quicker. woke up and yeah. ended up but but still winning the game. being able to yeah. get yeah. The the pressure thought, on him. Never came yeah. alive. I so, mm-hmm. like the, the adjustments didn't okay, do anything. Whatever adjustments the first or Winnipeg's adjustments at halftime, interception, and adjustments to the adjustments, and you're only down there It was just from top to bottom, sideline, saying players. to You know what? This is as bad as we possibly could have drawn up a start if we had mapped out how to be turn around. And they say all right, and we're well, only one down one. Presumably, Hamilton is going to win. We just dodged a thing. massive bullet. Let's go. <laughs> it is <laughs> and and yeah, a little yeah, shocking. That's exactly. what McCaffrey and, and I, I thought, had, thought that had might done. have mm-hmm. been. You know, I saw some attitude, attitude, but so. it just kept getting worse.
0: Um, and it was and odd when they did get their cup. first touchdown that they went, went for the the two six. point conversion so thirty-three they have one great cup. Even the deep league. It's like why now? I mean, mathematically, that is keep it basic, keep it simple. Just put, I mean, put some points on the board. Why anything fancy? Why? Because you know, again, point, they, you know, once you God would was defeated, some
3: some bounce uh, again, to the go their way, shows. some early well, breaking break has that go their way get the same momentum. It, it, you saw Luke So is this just bad luck? Was this just bad
0: luck the Ticats no, won? Uh, no, 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 no. Or a loss rather. fourth a
3: long, long Mike Jones, who dropped just the five yard line that would have basically set Hamilton up for a touchdown and made first interception. Ricochet is on the right hand. get hurt. You saw all the players not
0: happening. It could have. But like you said, even. And, you know, I mean, we saw the intensity that Winnipeg direction. came out with, you know, and, yeah, and obviously sure the way uh, their defense played. Right. Did, uh, that did that Hamilton underestimate that time, again? That just seems goal. like some are um, better you know, than the, the others. It just seemed like we're more intense.
3: They simply took advantage and limited their
0: mistakes. And if you had, I'll say this, what was it,
3: seven turnovers and six vets, I think were the numbers? Halftimes against a good team, if you come out and you play that. In hockey and other you sports, you may not be earning well. or nights. It's not so team. much mm. about resetting I mean, you're your giving strategy. getting out of that many turnovers and, and allowing that you many will half What time about, what what about the crowd?
0: Obviously, to, uh, okay, a Western crowd cheering or for the West. Five that, five, how much yeah. does that play into this? I didn't see much. The adjustments
3: at halftime that helped not high a deal. It was a way bigger The one thing they did, they started getting Dane Evans at the a little quicker. 2014, the year they played in Regina pressure on against Saskatchewan. And so that. The, the, the that adjustments crowd didn't do impactful. anything. If whatever that adjustments was, they made or Winnipeg's adjustments had time in the the adjustments, the adjustments yeah. in the heart were better. NFL. It was just That's for where top to bottom. Fact, this, coaching, was, this was to yeah, players was to everything. Boring. Winnipeg, Winnipeg but it was hardly, hardly like a like better team in that It's Not like you and were playing so in a deafening. Game. What do you do? You, 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 fund you turn around and right. well, I mean, it well, was one of It was a great. Cup presumably. presumably, Hamilton, Hamilton is, is going to win with four people things. for the. For, it, it is whatever, whatever. a little shocking. I, for, post, it, I had, you know, had it had There was no mass advantage. This was just a game that they has one show up. And here's one other thing: since 1986, the last 33 years, they have one great football. God, I believe in that kind of thing. that... Things happen. Sometimes mathematically, that, that is, are almost destined impossible. to happen. Do you ever believe I mean, that? It really just for the, so you can prove you your, your point, absolutely. Decades. Well, <laughs> look, at some point <laughs> after the third, you would think some season. some bounce when some older way some early break has their way cra- crack 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 that's that's to get them to the third moment. God knows they have, but it's So is this just bad luck? Was this just bad luck? The tight cats won. No, no, no. You look no, at no, the case. Somehow Calero ended there on luck. the bombers. Yeah. And Winapeg made the their own cap. luck here. And, and yes, you, you know, there were there, bad there, bouncers. There's an element uh, of
1: Karma. You know, that
3: it, first know. interception ricochets in that off a tight cats hand could have ended to up on right into easy. a Winnipeg player. The Bombers may not have it ended up in the great cup, but, but all of the, the side side players' here, hand here, ricocheted in revenge. And it's like, so, huh. yeah, there, right, sure, I, there I, are I'm some not, breaks where you say, all right, I'm not buying the whole this thing was pre-nest way, but at the same time, Winnipeg does feel like a little bit of poetic mistake as well for Calero. Boy, does it. If you're Hamilton moving forward, what do you do? Well, a lot of people are saying just keep this team exactly the way it is. Nobody move. it a be great next year. you got choices. If you come out and you play uh, like that, you're going to have some free agents. I mean, what mm-hmm. if you, you may not beat the St. Tom and Morton, who is going to be the less team. expensive mm-hmm. I mean, option. I believe you're giving up that many Jeremiah turnovers Jeremiah and then allow to a that free agent.
0: What about the crowd? Obviously,
3: a Western crowd cheering for the West. How much does that play into? At the risk of having to get rid of a player or two because of his contract. and then what do not that big deal. it to be way bigger. Don't keep Masol Scott was at two thousand and, and to fourteen. Dane Evans, then the year that they played in Regina in Saskatchewan. In in Saskatchewan, the, there, in in Saskatchewan are, there are questions that, around this team. That, that there crowd is impactful. Year that in the off season. There's all in a, in a salary, salary cap, cap world. Writers, no matter in what, in what Saskatchewan. Yeah. In the heart of at the, the end, end of That's where a crowd. That's going to be a very very. Yeah, it was. It was more. There is Winnipeg, but it was hardly like it can you know It's not like you were playing in a decision of the Tyca Thunderdome somewhere. But then you better it was a great cup game. the always falling to poor people whatever decision you make, because you whatever like a conference is hosting or you look is, but really you know, bad if things go there was no there it, it was no, this was just a game. Every team is going to face issues. I don't think, has a quarterback one of under contract for next year. Do you, what do you, do they do? you believe in the issue? Like the though, football gods is that this, this, was, that kind of this that was this to me was what sometimes that you start to believe that these are almost the the destined to happen. Do you ever believe that? Just so you can prove your point, absolutely. This was the year that you should have not had to worry so much about next year when Simone and because you love your but you won your game. This was the year that the had got into the great Cup. Frankly. And then karma. Everybody take a breath. You know what? If next year's not, you look at this and you go, "Okay, somehow Calero's some ends up now on the, so we got and the great and beat the tie now." Path. And you now, know, okay, now not only do have to keep karma. things huh, aligned. Yeah. In that for next year, Caleros so the pressure is all on But don't forget, then the bombers may not end up there. And, and tough, but all you certainly year. don't want exactly. to be not exactly so. How does that I'm put all right? So how does that whole, put pressure? How does that put pressure on the team to make sure that there's well, something there? But boy, it does seem like a little bit of a poetic massive pressure for Coleros. Boy, does it again a championship? If you're Hamilton moving forward, what do you do? A lot of people are saying, just keep this team exactly the way nobody really believes that you're going next year. Well, you've got choices, and so if you have. This uh, if you're going to have some free agents, you, I mean, what you, you can maybe start thinking about, okay, do we have the make change optioner, next year to in a change of options? Or I believe Jeremiah will agent coming off in 2021 when we hope Do you well, now fork out, you know, now you've got this window to of competitive action in the, and the three team and you've got the most outstanding, outstanding players, get special team player of the year as a line and the coach of the year. Can you afford uh, to keep two quarterbacks? But if you that don't all keep the players, players, and something to career in and Evans are then are you be able to replicate that? Huge performance. Performance. I mean, there are there are we, questions around we this, have team this. There are every competitiveness, even year in the off season. There's all, in, a, in a salary cap it, world. We can't no simply start looking two years down the road. We the have to strike while the iron's hot. That's going to be a very. Better win this thing next year. That there is. I think it changes a number of things. Informed decision. If you're the tie cap short kept, term and long then you, you might have an opportunity to, to do a little more, for a little more whatever you're down the, the road, road because you either it it look like on a different one. Or you look really Scott Radley bad. has if been with us, go. host of the Scott Radley go. show
0: so, tonight, look, this, and uh, every of course, uh, sports columnist with your Hamilton the Spectator. Scott, as
1: always, thank you so much for do. the time. Fold up the, the, the TV trays is for do. another year. Is that there, there you was, go. Was the this football this
3: to me was. was, was the football's done. We're fully into hockey. Easily in the past decades. the Exactly. 24 hours a day. Exactly one month until Christmas. Scott had to worry so much about that. Because, yeah, you'd love to repeat, but you won your championship this was the year that the Thai cat should have had the gray cup and that you can then everybody take a breath. And you know what, if next year's not as good, if you have to do some stuff, so be it. We got the gray cup now, now. Okay. Now, not only do you have to keep things aligned for next year, so the pressure is already on, but don't forget, then you're hosting the year after and, you certainly don't want to be not
0: exactly. So, next year. How so, put, so how does that now you're looking long term? So how does that put picture? How does that put pressure on the team to make sure that there's well, something there when Hamilton hosts?
3: It, it, it puts massive pressure on the team. Um, again, winning a championship reduces pressure all over the place because it's always great to win every year, but nobody really believes that you're going to win every year. Mm-hmm. And so, if you had won this championship. You can maybe start to think about, okay, do we have to make a change here to next year to be in, in position for 2021 when we host? Well, now, you know, now you've got this window of competitiveness where you're a 15 and three team and you've got the most outstanding player and the special teams player of the year and the lineman of the year and the coach of the year. Uh, can we expect that all those players who had career years are going to be able to replicate that performance? We, we have this window of competitiveness, even though yesterday's game didn't go well. It, it, we can't simply start looking two years down the road. We mm. have to strike while the iron's hot, to use an old cliche. We better win this thing next year. It, it, I think it changes a, a number of things for them, short-term and long-term, whereas you might have had an opportunity to do a little more, a little more two years down the road planning if this had gone a different way.
0: Scott Radley has been with us, host of the Scott Radley Show tonight, and, uh, of course, uh, sports columnist with your Hamilton Spectator. Scott, as always, thank you so much for the time. Fold up the TV trays for another year.
3: There you go. Football. Is, uh, can you believe football's done? We're, all, we're full into hockey now. Well, all, and... All, all leaves. Exactly. The next 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
0: It, exactly one month until Christmas today. <laughs> there you go, too. I forgot about that. <laughs> time to get shopping. All right. <laughs> You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. I saw this a couple of days ago, and I, I, I literally almost fell off my chair, um, almost as much as the minister of the middle class announcement. Uh, but but this to me it, it just um, it, it just again further shows the ignorance of one province in this country to another, um, uh, specifically in regard to. Uh, provinces like Quebec that do not seem to understand or care what goes on beyond the borders of their province. Uh, We're certainly hearing uh, what is happening in Alberta and the plight they are feeling and the fact that they cannot get their natural resources to market uh, because a pipeline has not been twinned yet. Uh, Also, the Keystone Pipeline an issue, the Energy East that was... That was uh, canceled, not to mention the several bills that have been introduced to make it almost impossible to to do this sort of business in Canada. But it, it's kind of amazing watching Quebec now, uh, especially now that they've elected a, a block government uh, federally. and and almost as if uh, there's an arrogance, even more so, uh about this province that has uh its own hydroelectricity uh that has lots of energy uh constantly uh condemns what Alberta is doing we certainly saw uh, the block leader do that uh, uh, right after the election and, and, and not a lot of sympathy for the rest of the world. Uh, Quebec feels it doesn't need Alberta's oil. It can just buy it from the United States. It doesn't give a damn uh, about them. Uh, they've got lots of hydroelectricity because of the geographics of their province. So they don't care about anybody else in regard to that. Um, and then all of a sudden there's a rail strike. In Canada and 3000 plus CN workers are out which stops you know you remember the Great Canadian Railway goes from coast to coast from one area of the country to the other east to west west to east similar like an energy corridor Uh, anyway you can imagine how important that is to the distribution of goods and what happens when it goes down so oddly enough, one of the first people complaining about the rail strike is Quebec, and they're demanding the prime minister get these people back to work. And the reason being is because Quebec's running out of propane, <laughs> which I, I just find absolutely astounding that all other farmers and the rural people are complaining that they're not getting any propane. We need our propane. You make those rail workers go back to work. Propane? It sounds like well, what you need is an energy corridor and a pipeline as opposed to whipping this stuff through towns and blowing them up like lac Have you learned nothing from that? So there's Quebec sitting over there on their uh, hydroelectricity and whatever. And, you know, screw the rest of you. We're environmentalists. But we need our propane and we need it delivered by those big diesel uh, locomotives. And we need it now. And if you don't do it, I'm going to withdraw support. I just find it ripe. Here is this province pissing on everybody else who's trying to make a living. And now they want propane. Well, you can imagine what Premier Kennedy in Alberta said. Let us help you with that. Why don't you build yourself an energy corridor and a pipeline and you will never run out. And you won't have to blow up towns shipping it by rail. This is the hypocrisy which has become politics in Canada. The province where the number one vehicle sold is the Ford F-150. Now crying that they don't have any propane. Don't you have an electric heater? Don't you have an electric car? Use some of that profitable hydroelectricity you're selling to the states. Now they need our help. They want the government... To for- and this isn't very socialist. They want the government to force these workers back to work so they can get their propane because they don't have any pipelines and they're dependent on rail to transport these dangerous fuels through towns. If this isn't the ultimate in hypocrisy, I don't know what is. Shut down Alberta, but get them damn trains running so we can get our propane. Premier Kenney, build a pipeline, we'll ship you tons. You'll never run out again. You'll never have to take your tank to the gas station to fill up for your barbecue. Is that the sort of province Quebec is running? You only got enough till the tank runs out on the queue? Shouldn't there be a more responsible supply of energy? Along an energy corridor with a pipeline like the Great Canadian Railway? Unbelievable. Let's bring in Dan McTagg, former Liberal MP, Consumer Affairs Critic, and President of Canadians for Affordable Energy. He is with us now. Dan, thanks for the time. Much appreciated.
2: (laughs) Good to be here.
0: It seems like the Premier of Quebec has taken a step back on this because everybody's laughing at him.
2: Well, Lagosa, you know, former separatist uh, cabinet minister, but now a bit of a right-wing premier, and of course may not see eye to eye with his Socialist, greeting friends all the time, uh, the, the Black Québécois. Only when it's co-
0: only when it's convenient Dad.
2: Well, of course. <laughs> and when is politics not convenient or when, is, when do they find opportunities for convenience, but I, it is, of course, beyond uh, the silliness and the hypocrisy. It is uh, a very serious matter because, of course, it means that, uh, uh, as Canadians have permitted, bent over backwards and allowed every organization out there to block our pipelines, one of the one of the results has been a dramatic increase in rail, and uh, we depend on rail for just about everything more than we ever have in the past. That in and of itself may not be a, a bad problem when it comes to other products like agriculture and mining and moving uh, cars, but when it comes to moving uh, hydrocarbons and other forms of energy, uh, you know, uh, more efficient, more effective than. Uh, trying to run uh, electrical grids, uh, which are so subject to high winds and uh, ice storms and all sorts of other violent uh, uh, weather events. What uh, was the know, premier's
0: What was the premier's response when uh, Jason Kenney from Alberta said, "Hey, we'd love to help you build a damn pipeline"? <laughs> like, how how can he be? How can he just be slapped in the face like that and not understand what he said?
2: Yeah, well, it's uh, politics of convenience. Uh, and again, hypocrisy. Uh, he didn't say anything. The point is that uh, he's now pulling. He said supplies, the initial you
0: know, like, state. He, he said the initial statement, and then all of a sudden, he's gone mum on the whole thing. Because yeah, no. I thought this no, would take off.
2: You know, you and I here in Hamilton uh, in, and in the GTHA and the Golden Horseshoe are actually sending deliveries of propane to Quebec. Now we went down this road a few years ago when we had a shortage of propane caused by uh, U.S. demand for propane. It was pretty serious, and it meant that prices began to spike. So uh, two things will happen. Obviously, propane is just the one issue. I think gasoline will be the next one because we deliver a lot more by rail than we ever have in the past. But it does really signal to me uh, the, you know, the unbelievable, uh, you know, uh, irony uh, of a province. As you pointed out, the biggest purchaser, the largest vehicle is the F-150, deriding oil and gas and other pipeline products while at the same time uh, thinking nothing of uh, the vehicles they drive, more importantly, where they're getting it from. So it's okay to keep, bring it in from the United States or Saudi Arabia or Algeria. Uh, wonderful nations have wonderful environmental uh, stewardship of their yeah. resources. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's uh, any way you slice it, it's pretty bad. And, of course, uh, we here in Ontario are just a bunch of nice folks who just don't seem to care until we uh, we see, uh, you know, the yellow tape going up on our gas stations or uh, because there's no more fuel or when we see there's a shortage in our natural gas. That's eventually going to happen someday, somewhere around the line. But sooner or later, I think people will eventually clue into the fact that... uh,
0: So now that the Premier Premier does find his cold province needing of energy to heat it with, thus being propane that's transported via rail, uh, does the Quebec Premier now see the need for an energy corridor and a pipeline that could provide them with a safer means of transportation, and this wouldn't be a problem. No, of course I, not. Is course. energy security at all a concern for the Premier?
2: <laughs> well, it won't be just energy security. Wait till the Churchill Falls uh, ripoff that Quebec's been able to get over in Newfoundland because they signed a stupid deal 50 years ago. comes to an end in eight or nine years. When that's over, Quebec suddenly has to pay the same price everyone else does for electricity. Uh, they'll smarten up pretty damn quickly, just at the time when they're prepared to crap on all the uh, pipelines that could bring them things like natural gas, oil and other forms of energy. So uh, I think uh, there's a day of reckoning coming, some sooner, some later. But in Quebec's case, of course, uh, uh, the premier uh, de- bemoaning and decrying uh, the, sh- the propane shortage uh, really should speak to his own constituency, his own ilk. They're really big on uh, promoting uh, the idea of uh, blocking pipelines, while at the same time yelling at uh, unions to get their act together. Uh, you can't suck and blow.
0: So, uh, what about Jason Kenney and 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 his angle on this? Does this not lay the groundwork for him and 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 an obvious campaign to to move this forward?
2: Well, it's clear that they're going to need an energy corridor one way or another across this country, um, whether people like it or not. Uh, fossil fuels isn't going away. Um, uh, they can uh, litigate it to the yin yang, uh, and Ottawa can continue to raise taxes on uh, ordinary consumers because, of course, 66% of us voted to have a nice big fat tax you know, laid on our hydro bills or, or every other form of bill you can imagine. Uh, but I, I suspect that uh, this is going to uh, allow Mr. Kenny and many others to say, we told you so, um, and how long can you continue to afford these ever-escalating increases when we have a very fragile network of distribution of energy in Canada? It's one thing to block our number one products from getting to market, natural gas and oil. It's another thing to, uh, you know, not be able to sell natural gas to China so they don't build another gazillion coal plants and continue down this road of putting more emissions into the air. Uh, but it's quite another thing, uh, I suspect, uh, for most Canadians to uh, to know that uh, because our energy isn't worth the paper it's written on, um, yeah, our Canadian dollar continues to drop in value, and you and I are paying a third more for everything because uh, it's okay to block pipelines in Canada. <laughs>
0: Is the Prime Minister listening to to Quebec? Is he is he speeding up these negotiations so Quebec gets more propane, or is that safe now because Ontario is
2: bailing them out with propane? And will that send well, the price? Now, and will is, that
0: send the price of ours up?
2: It will put pressure on all prices at the time of year when it's getting a little colder. I, I don't know where the Prime Minister is. He's probably surfing in Tofino or something like that. And uh, goodness knows he's sort of missing in action. hasn't said or done much. He might be waiting for the other shoe to drop. But the reality, I think, is that uh, energy prices uh, are heading up and they are not heading up for our neighbors to the south or to our competitors globally. They're heading up because we have people in this country who are indecisive about uh, the direction uh, that uh, our policy should take. Uh, What they will, all policymakers, will soon have to face is the reality of industry backing off, not being able to afford, can't absorb these higher costs, Turning around, either raising prices for us in places like grocery stores, or perhaps laying us off. Either way, uh, the life is about to get a lot more expensive for Canadians, and uh, the complacency of sunny ways, I think, is pretty much over and shot. And right now, uh, if it were not people for people like Jason Kenny and others trying to stave off the separatist elements, which are, uh, you know, certainly gaining ground in Alberta and Saskatchewan, if we're not for them. Uh, we'd be dealing with a very different scenario right now. Uh, I wonder how the minister. I
0: wonder how the minister of middle class prosperity feels about all of this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, you, you, you got you got to know what clowns you have elected in Ottawa when you have uh, some stupid uh, portfolio like. If that. that's oh, not
0: branding, actually, I don't know what is.
2: Well, it's not branding; it's stupidity, and it's an insult. And anybody who thinks it's cute and trendy, or you know, wants to turn another head, has to rethink really about uh, why they would give a minister that kind of portfolio. Look. I had the responsibility and tasked with saving the lives of Canadians abroad, a serious re- responsibility. I had one staffer. I don't think my budget came to more than 90000 bucks a year, and I performed. What kind of nonsense uh, are Canadians allowing when this kind of buffoonery is, uh, is seen as uh, somehow legitimate? Folks, if you voted for these, these idiots, uh, give your head a shake, for God's sake. And so not speaking to Hamiltonians who voted Liberal. Does the, the CN
0: strike somehow lend credibility to the pipeline argument?
2: Uh, very much so. Uh, it says that we're putting all of our eggs in a very expensive basket. Remember, the cost of delivering by uh, rail is far less efficient, uh, certainly adds and contributes more to greenhouse gases and pollution. And it, uh, it's costly in some instances as much as two and a half to three times uh, per per liter. So if I'm looking at a trans mountain pipeline delivery of gasoline, I'm looking at about four to five cents a liter maximum. Rail, I'm looking at more like closer to twelve to thirteen cents, uh, and that's without any disruptions. And of course, you can't continue to where you are today, move to six hundred thousand barrels a day moved by rail. Uh, that's just uh, that's that's just that's, that's plain stupidity. And if anybody thinks that's a, a cute thing to do. Think of where some of those rail lines are going and how precarious, uh, you know, our environmental uh, state is when some of those trains could derail easily and create problems, much less a uh, situation where you create another like me gone sick. So, yeah, this is what uh, your, your oil is going to move one way or another. Uh, but uh, putting it in a situation where we depend so heavily on rail for everything, I think, is uh, getting to the point where I think we're going to have to start to rethink why we're opposing pipelines or better yet, why are Canadians allowing our governments to be manipulated and led by the nose when it comes to pipelines.
0: You know, and it just, it, one disaster away, and this discussion changes again. Another lac magantique and this discussion is, you know, a, a, and yet w- we talk about it all the time when it comes to shipping and lanes and all the catastrophe that could happen out in the ocean, but we don't talk about what could happen when a neighborhood gets
2: vaporized. You know, it's, it's, it's really sad when you think about it, yeah. because... It has happened. Um, It's likely to happen again. And of course, uh, there are purists out there who think that we can live without uh, natural gas, without oil, without petrochemicals, uh, without the things that we need for our pharmaceutical industry, for the things that have improved our our standard of living and quality of life. Uh, There are many people who just say we haven't gone far enough. Look, it's really, honest to God, it's got his time for people to stop listening to these fruitcakes and start to develop and understand and appreciate the reality that's about us. And that's why like, we have a great country. We've been able to use our resources responsibly. The world wants it because it's cleaner. We're the solution to some of these climate problems. But we're also uh, recognizing we're killing the golden goose here. And if Canadians really... Uh, you know, want to get caught up in you know a climate uh, emergencies and uh, the end of the world as we know it? Uh, then fine. But uh, I'm more concerned about how governments pay for our hospitals, our pensions, and maintain us to high standard living, because Ontarians may not recognize it. They're quickly and fastly and vastly. Uh, compromising our future.
0: All right, interesting headline in the CBC today. Let's talk about Trans Mountain Pipelines and where that is at, uh, the expansion. Trans Mountain, the headline is Trans Mountain monitoring anti-pipeline activists labeling some as persons of interest. Does this mean that this project is moving forward?
2: No, I just think it means that they know they're in for a major fight and that that major fight, even though they've appointed Minister, Environment Minister from Vancouver. Uh, is likely to lead to major confrontations and that that confrontation uh you know really is going to uh, be yet another nail in the coffin again no mobility mobility permits have been granted so it's not uh, really a serious project yet a lot of uh, talk a lot of noise but very little in the way of action so uh i think this is just a little bit more intrigue before we uh actually get to the point of where the government's going to have to say either uh it doesn't matter who who owns it um if you're going to have people coming uh, to protest it, uh, where do where does the NDP, the bloc, and the left of the liberal caucus sit when it comes to protecting these uh, these obstructionists?
0: Dan McTagg has been with us, former Liberal MP and consumer affairs critic, energy analyst, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Dan, thanks for the time as always. Much appreciated.
2: Thanks, here. thanks Scott. Yeah, enjoy the day.
0: You too. 225, uh, talking about the premier of Quebec, who uh, Quebec will do anything to crap on the rest of the country in regard to their energy consumption and such, block pipelines, what have you. Uh, now crying that they have a propane shortage because they receive their propane via rail, uh, which, of course, we know is not safe or as safe as pipelines. Uh, Lac-Macontique is a perfect example of that. Yet we continue to ship oil, propane, and these fuels above ground right through neighborhoods. So I I find it kind of right that Quebec takes the stance that it does And then cries and wants the government to force the workers back to work at CN who are on strike so they can get their shipment of propane. To which the Alberta Premier says, hey, build an energy corridor and a pipeline and we'll guarantee your tank never runs out. But no, Quebec is sucking and blowing at the same time. Propane in one end flames out the other. No, no, we don't want any dirty fuel, but can you load up that diesel-burning train and get us some propane out here because we're freezing? Sounds like you need a pipeline and an energy corridor with the same vision that that railway was built a bazillion years ago. Where's the common sense?